Welcome to this week's episode of The Neuro Show. In today's episode... The Tarmac SL8 frame has been leaked and it's full of the weirdest marketing jargon I've seen in years. Is cycling YouTube full of sellouts and copycats? We discuss it. The great aero sock controversy. How do you keep these things up? And does the UK have the highest level criterium racing in the world? Let's get into it. All right, I jump on a long-haul flight and the world shits itself, seemingly. Uh, we've, uh, are we being trolled, Jesse Coyle, or is Specialized, have they just released the speed sniffer itself? Talk me through this. Where are we at? You're going to have to fill me in because I'm jet-lagged. Well, we're going to find out soon. We're going to find out probably in the next week or two if this is real, because, but this is everywhere. So someone, someone has leaked the... Uh, catalog page of the new Tarmac SL8 frame set and it's very funny. I don't actually care about the spe- the actual specs of it. It's quite light. It's probably pretty aero whatever. It's just the marketing copy that they've used is so funny. Okay, so let me take you through it, Chris. So first first aero, aero in everything. So that's why I thought maybe this was made up because when they're talking about the aerodynamics of the frame, it's no longer aero is everything. It says aero in everything. Built in. Just built in. Aero's now just comes in the... Okay, wow. So I'm th- uh, that's why initially I was conspiracy on this because aero in everything it looked like a typo. Anyway, assuming this is, this is real, they're calling the pregnant front-end head tube the speed sniffer. The speed sniffer. I'm not making that up. That's what they're calling it. That's in the... Oh, it is too. Capital yeah. letters speed sniffer. Yeah. Wow. Speed sniffer. Okay. Uh, so, cool. It's got a speed sniffer. And then we get into some of the some of the claims. Um, massive gains. So, massive marginal gains. GC performance. So, 33% stiffness to weight increase. Okay. Cool, whatever. 6% more compliant, which is going to allow ah. you to float over rough roads with a supple feel unique in the high-strung world of race bikes. 6% more compliant. 6%. 6%. Okay. Now, this is where they've lost this. I'm, I'm, I'm losing it here. Beyond gender. I'm going to read this whole thing. There can be more difference between two male cyclists than between a male and a female. Gender alone doesn't provide nearly enough data to specialize, and that means creating male or female bikes is arbitrary and outdated. Every rider can get the next level of advantage with the Tarmac SL8. It's time to go beyond gender. What the actual hell? So firstly, why are they saying gender? Gender's a social term. If you're talking about biological differences between males and females as it relates to the bike fit, you're talking sex. Sex differences. So it should be you should be saying beyond sex, not beyond gender. I don't know what they're trying to, they're definitely trying to appeal to some woke side of the marketing here, but that's firstly that just that using that term. Uh, I hate that. It's it's sex differences, not gender differences. And secondly, there is differences between male and female as it relates to bike setup. That's why if my wife is going to buy a new bike, I would recommend her to getting a women-specific one. Not necessarily because, mainly because in terms of how the bike's set up, women have different proportions. They need different, they're going to prefer different saddles. They have narrower shoulders. 
this is not going to be news to uh, hopefully anyone watching this video. Um, they have different proportions, so they'll generally have shorter torsos. So you'll find it on a, uh, a, a, a female that rides a size 54 and a male that rides a size 54, generally the women will have shorter stem lengths. So that's why <laughs> women's bike, specific bike setups have existed for a good... That was a step forward, actually, that women had bikes that were more suited to them. And now apparently that's outdated. So they've gone beyond gender and now the bikes are going to be less suited to women. Well, I mean, look, you've, 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 the problem here, Jesse, is you're trying to give a rational explanation. And I really commend you on trying to give a rational breakdown of a marketing press release because marketing and rational don't actually correspond in any way, shape or form. You said, why, why didn't they use the term beyond gender? Why didn't they use the term beyond sex? Because that would have run through focus groups and had people thinking, oh, so this is like some sort of like uh, porn sort of bike, is it? Like it's somehow it, it, uh, it I don't know, gets people aroused. So I don't know, to, to kind of have a rational outcome to some of this stuff is uh, is pretty bewildering. Yeah, like as I mentioned in the beginning, so can I can I just give my first impressions? Because this is literally my first impressions, right? And I, pre I thank you for trying to give me some insight into it. Yeah, like as we said before, like particularly underwhelmed with the changes on it and honestly really disappointed. I, I'm I'm really disappointed we didn't see a lean into into aero and really this is just doubling down on on what worked for the SL7 by the looks of it throw on a big schnozzer that's nose by the way and and go from there so i uh, look it'll it'll sell bucket loads because obviously you know a 780 grand frame they're going to be able to probably build this up pretty close to the UCI weight limit so they'll all people will get around that and Wad their cash out in in that sort of spectrum. The geometry changes don't seem at all different. Thirty two mil t tire clearance. Okay, that's pretty standard these days. Threaded bottom bracket. Yeah, nice, good touch. Appreciate it. Uh, this is yeah. It just the press release and everything. Just it just kind of the speed sniffer. It's like that is just so something that Apple would come out with. What did they call the thing at the the dynamic island? You know, at the top of the top of the, the phones, that was that was the, the thing. So you got to come up with a with a phrase, get people, get idiots like us maybe talking about it. Is is the whole go? Sorry, I'm really. Can I just can I double down? I'm really stuck on this beyond gender thing because wasn't that a massive step forward for women cycling when these when Live did that whole range of when Giant created Live and you had this whole range of bikes that were more suited towards women. Wasn't wasn't that a massive step forward in the last decade? But now what? That so, but but that is what that's now sexist or that's not that's that's too gender that that's too um, gender conforming. So now now we have to undo the steps forward that women had. You're going to lead I me down I a path I don't want to go. But yes, really. I mean, this is this is the whole point. This is why we. Why we have third and fourth categories for for people now that this is I suppose the next. But they're saying it's a step. It's the marketing. This is it's it's a step for it's a step forward 
well, I can't even understand this. This is not a step forward for women. It's a step backwards. Now they're going to have to, when they buy the bike, they're going to have to make more changes than they would have because the, the bikes would have been set up, were more likely to be set up uh, in a way that's going to fit them better. I just don't understand. I don't get this beyond gender thing. I, imagine coming out with that 10 years ago mm. when, the, when the, some brands were starting to do women-specific and you came out and said, Oh no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, you don't get your own thing. Now beyond, we're beyond that. You'd be, you, you, you would have that... been called out for being sexist. But now apparently, we've come so we've gone full circle, and now apparently this is the, the more culturally appropriate thing to do is not give something that's more suitable for a woman. I, what the hell is this? Something like are I'm we seeing this, this in other sport? Are running shoes? Have they gone this route? Are we? Are you? Do you buy unisex running shoes now or are we still split into, like, I'm not talking about just, like, basement ones, but, I mean, if you're getting a proper running shoe, you're still buying a man's shoe and a woman's shoe, aren't you? I actually have no idea. I'm not sure. I mean, there's definitely something to say for just the the, the sort of uh, the fake women-specific thing, which is just we're just going to take exactly how it was and just do a pink paint scheme and... <laughs> Say it's a women's frame. That's that yeah. was all bullshit. But there was actually being big steps forward in actually changing the setup of the bikes as they come spec. So I don't know. Yeah, other sports. I'm not. I'm actually not not too sure. Um, you'd think so. Yeah, running shoes. Yeah, I don't know actually. But yeah, I, I think this is a big. This was when I looked at this new SL8. That was the biggest thing that stood out to me as a massive step back, in my opinion. I may. I, yeah, maybe I'm losing it, but <laughs> I don't see how that's a step forward. So the world of cycling YouTube, Jesse, uh, I want to yeah take this probably uh, into a bit of a, a, a wider chat, but a lot of people sent me this during the week and said that we almost have to talk about it. Um, so, so I am interested in your opinion on us. So the Cycle Speed Tours video that I'm going to say that you probably have all seen at this stage, everyone seems to have made a comment on it, uh, essentially a video of him blowing up the tyre that was on his hookless rim. Yeah, I, I don't want to go into the technical side of it because we we are going to get into that in a week or two with a certain guest. So I just want to go the just very high level and then just the reaction to it. So first... The, the funny thing was, so yeah, so for those that didn't follow this, Cycle Speed, this, a guy on YouTube did a video where he's pumped up his GP5000 hookless, hookless tubeless. So tubeless, he's not running a tube, and hookless where it uses the pressure of the tire to, to hold the, the, the tire on. He pumps it up to the upper end of the recommended pressure, and the thing blows off, straight blows off the rim. Um, so the th then uh, so he basically explained what happened. And most people were sort of in, in the comments on that video, sort of, oh, this is a joke. Um, that's not safe, blah, blah, blah. And then this guy comes out, uh, Map Deck Cycles, this other, other um, bike mechanic that has a YouTube channel. Uh, and he basically says that he was doing, he's doing hookless wrong, was sort of the reaction. Now, many people, most of the stuff he said was actually incorrect. So he was kind of saying that the guy was running the wrong tires and maybe his rim tape wasn't proper, and the pressure wasn't right. Um, the, the original guy who had the blowout did a, a reaction video to that and said, and basically corrected it, corrected it on, on everything. But the basic situation now where this cycle speed guy was 
did his research and was running the pretty much all the recommendations that Continental and um, the the wheel manufacturer gave, and his tires are blowing off. Um, the only thing I have to say is, since when did it? You need an encyclopedia to safely ride your bike. That's the biggest concern. I mean, it's all well and good for this map depth guy to come on and say, well, he's, he's got his laptop up and he's digging through, you know, website pressure gauges and all this stuff. I'm like, the average punter doesn't even know what tubeless is. They're not, they don't, you shouldn't have to totally research, have a master's degree and yeah, I, I, I totally hear, and I'm I'm gonna I want to stay super surface level on this as well until we we chat with our guest about it. Okay, but are we being uh, are we being we've like almost like elitist in the sense we've been in the sport so long that we think people coming into the sport are super dumb, and by that I mean like. I'm trying to think back to like myself changing tires, you know, the the first few rims, even when we were first starting to do tubular tires with the race team and stuff like that, like how many fuck ups I had with tubular wheels, like the, the not being glued properly and like having even like the wrong, so I'd put the wrong inner tube in the wrong tire and having that pinch and blow out because I didn't do that. So I do, I totally hear you that, oh, it's so complicated. You got to do maths on this to get it all. I do feel like it's a bit of recency biased in the sense that I feel like we all went through that. Or maybe I was just super dumb buying the wrong inner tubes at the time. Do you know what, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm just... The only thing I would say is at least that's optional. No one's telling you to run 60 mil deep tubs that need special valve extenders and then need to be glued on and yada, yada, yada. So that's that's an optional. You want to go down that and get that? For sure. Tubeless, uh, hook, not tubeless, hookless have been coming specced on mid-level giants for the last three years. The average punter mm. walking into the local giant store Mm. Why do they? Why should they have to know any of this stuff? And then do, they don't know. They, they they just buy the bike, and that's what annoys me most. Is if you want to buy hookless wheels, go for it. But I don't think this stuff should be coming specced on anything that's just going to get sold on a shop floor because the average person walking in and buying it is not going to be bothered researching it or doesn't even know yeah. to research it. That's the problem. That's true. That's true. The, but um, again, my only thing would yeah. be that there were. You know, again, I just, I'll just quickly say this. It's like, you know, there's, there were plenty of carbon clincher um, wheels being rolled out at sort of medium level rim brake bikes during, you know, the 2000s. I, and the plenty, I did it myself, delaminated plenty of carbon clinchers. I'm sure many a punter did that oh, for sending Barangari. I've delaminated you know, a front. <laughs> yeah. And, Fuck, that's scary. Again, I just, oh. I, I kind of look at yeah. the comments and I'm like, yeah, but we're all in the know, people. And I feel like if YouTube was as big as it was when we were all delaminating and blowing stuff up, then we would have all been, oh, the bike industry's trying to kill us, you know, as, as well. So I get it. And I do want to go into the details of the hookless thing because I just well, hold on. don't Which see any reason was. to ever own one. Um, but yeah. That's that's sort of oh, but, but on what my... you said, 
those first generation or early generation carbon clinchers, their heat resistance was shit. You would cook them going down. You'd cook your front going down a descent. Like that happened. And doesn't happen anywhere near as often these days because the temperature resistance in the brake tracks is much better. But early on, that was fucking dangerous. <laughs> it yeah. just was. Yeah. It doesn't make yeah. it any better. And now I feel like it's just being repeated. There's there's a phrase I can't remember who used who used it on on YouTube, but it was something like um, the cycling industry is renowned for using first and second generation products as beta products, like. They, they release them and then we find out all the issues. I mean, again, like first iterations of, of pure tubeless. We've had this discussion a million times, but how many of your mates did you see on the side of the road with frigging white stuff sprayed all over them going, what the hell's that stuff in there? And never know what it was. And now I swear by the thing. So, yeah, no, no, that's that's all that's all good. I mean, the only thing is 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 I feel like it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a tough sell, isn't it? Here's a, here's, you've got two wheel sets. They're both tubeless. One of them, you can't run as much pressure. The tire's got a chance of blowing off. You can only use specific tires. And you've got to make sure your rim tape's perfect. <laughs> Fuck, I'm not picking hookless. I don't know. I feel like this was this video was a good opportunity for any as a as a community awareness program of, hey, if you've got hookless, it's okay, but just go and check everything. Check your bead, check your tires, check your pressures. Because, yeah. That's that. If that's the good that's going to come out of it, then that's fine. But I still feel really sorry for the bloke off the street buying a hookless set that doesn't know. No, that's that's a fair take. And like we said, we we I I want to go into more of the details on hookless, like why it even exists, apart from seemingly just being a cost cutting method for for the bike industry. I haven't actually had anyone tell me why why we do it. I mean, reserve wheels was an interesting one for me. Like they were basically came, they started doing all this research when the hookless things came out and they didn't go the hookless route. So I wonder, I just initially thought, oh, it must be performance advantages to this. There must be. Like we're going to, well, at least they're going to try and sell performance advantages to us in this. They don't even seem to be bothering doing that. It wasn't that long ago that I was, I was big upping cycling YouTube. And I don't know whether I've, um, I, I've, killed myself on it or I've I've overdone it but I feel like I feel like it's a bit stale I don't know I feel like we're either in a holding pattern because everyone's on holidays in the northern hemisphere like views seemingly across the board seem to be a little bit down apart from guys like Lantern Rouge pumping out some awesome content during the Tour de France that that seemed to be to be getting up there the other sort of big name guys are sort of doing their their things but Everything else just seems to be, I think stale's the right word. Is that a fair take? Mm. Yeah. This was, so that's when this tubeless uh, Cycleworks did his video and then MapDeck did the reply. I, was, I got a bit of a buzz. I thought, here we go. Now we got something, we got something fun. This boring as batshit cycling YouTube for the last month has finally, uh, finally kicked off again. I think, and that was, um, it was a relatively, it wasn't huge views, but... You know, 20, 30,000 views on that video. It's, you know, a little storm in a teacup. And I thought it was fun. I agree. It's kind of uh, kind of boring. Although the problem is Lantern Rouge is getting too many views. He's stealing everyone's <laughs> eyeballs. He's getting like <laughs> 500,000 views on every stage recap. And there's no, there's no spots left for anyone else. He's doing too well. And I, 
And I did notice a few people trying to copy Lantern Rouge's format, interestingly enough. (laughs) But anyway, we'll we'll let It became that, didn't it? While the tour was on, it's... If you're a cycling YouTuber, you're either making a Tour de France video or you just just go away for a month. <laughs> you can try again later. So I don't know. My my sort of quick I did a quick think about this. Like, is it because negativity sells too much on YouTube that like ultimately you you do just start getting staled out by it because the only stuff that people watch are blowing up tires or you know. A controversy about stock, or or, or, the, or the bike industry is all gonna blow up. That's the only sort of stuff. So actual positive things don't seem to seem to get anywhere. Because, like for example, I think Dave Arthur did um, like a positive review of that that new factor. Um, you know, this is this is a tipping point for disc brake bikes. They're getting super lightweight. Trying trying to go down this route. And you get you go straight into the comments and it's like, oh, you're a fucking sellout. Ah, you're being paid by factor. And so a, anything positive doesn't seem to to cut across. I don't agree. I just think that video Dave Arthur did is less weight. What's it? What do you say? Is less weight better than aero? I just don't think that video made any sense. I don't think his testing was. I don't think his testing was very accurate. Um, and he's definitely been on like, pretty much every other single video he's done. That sort of brings me on to my, my kind of other point that I was going to make is like all the testing videos. Do you do what I do, right, when I watch them? I skip to the results bit. I skip all yep. – you, you skip to you skip right to the results about which one was faster to, to kind of work out who wins. And then you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then you might go back and watch bits of the B-roll about the, the testing sort of stuff. But ultimately, anytime anyone does any of those things, my immediate thing is, oh, yeah, but. That's, oh, yeah, but the wheels are different. Oh, yeah, but you're riding on a flat. Oh, yeah, but it's different terrain. And so, like, I think what I'm trying to say is that anytime the comparison stuff is done, it's not specific enough for what I want to know about me, about me riding that bike that I don't actually, I don't actually come away from anything like that having either learnt anything or it changing my mind about anything. Yeah, but he's flipped his opinion. He's fl- at least make the message consistent. This was a piss me off about this video. That like, I, and I've been a fan of Dave Arthur's review. I think they're good, as we've said, fast food takeaway bike reviews. They're nice, digestible, ten minute videos. But he, sa- he says in almost every other video, oh, oh, it's eight kilos, but weight doesn't really matter. It's aero is more important. And then, he, and then a week later, suddenly the aero bike isn't as fast in his dodgy testing. So, which I usually wouldn't, like, I don't actually care that much. It's very difficult to do accurate testing. So kudos for trying. But your me- his message isn't consistent with all the other videos. So then it's like anyone that watches Dave Arthur videos is now sitting there going, what? What am I? What's what way is the planet aligned? Like, what is just seems like he's he'll just like get to these conclusions just to fit the title of a video and nothing's really consistent. I don't know. I just that video in particular I thought was not very good because the the propel should be faster. I don't know if he was using like what like I'd rather for, for, for Dave, I'd rather just say the the the, the O2 felt. You know, I felt more agile, was inspired to ride it up climbs, and cool, that's it. And then he's, but he's done other videos where he's taken the bikes to the wind tunnel and done good testing. I thought that was valuable. 
Uh, this one just missed it for me. The reaction to to Dave Arthur's Factor vs. Giant video wasn't very positive. And then the, the I put carbon wheels on my cheap bike, 145,000 views. And he did testing in that video. But you, the thing is, it's like you swapped box section alloys for 50, 60 mil deep carbon wheels. It's like you could have the worst testing in the world and the results will still be accurate. But why? But th- th- that's got more than triple the views already. This is my this is my this is my take, Jesse. Thank you so much for actually clarifying it. Is that the narratives are so predictable that if you're making the video, you know what's going to work. He would have known, right? He would have known his audience and the YouTube audience would have loved the the rim break content, right? That's going to that yep. thumbnail. Oh, rim breaks. It's going to be fast. <laughs> They're going to so get around that. But you'd put two modern bikes, two high-spec modern bikes on a thumbnail from him that I, I didn't go into the comments, but I'm sure it's all going to be, oh, these are slow fucking disc brake shit. Like, because there's the whole <laughs> other narrative, which is modern bikes are crap. Like that, we all know that's just... It's so predictable that you will see that uh, play, and it plays out in the the views. Or modern bikes are crap, or maybe I don't necessarily think that's the take. It's more modern bikes are all the same, so why are you bothering even testing them? Probably yep. is also the other one. Um, yep. So, but I just back to the your overall comment. I do feel like the cycling YouTube. I mean, g- guys aren't really uploading that much anymore. I mean, vegan. I saw vegan uploaded a video. Um, a day or two ago, but he he's not even really bothering anymore. Yeah, so vegan does his races, so he'll churn out the odd odd race thing from that. So he's not doing like versus videos, and that that's kind of my point. Is like ultimately, then you've just got people copying each other because if everyone's doing a copied copying a modern versus old or a steeper street, you know how many times have people like copied Cade's steeper street stuff, and now he's doing them again, which makes it look like he's copying them or we're doing this show and then so they're doing, well, Cade's doing this sort of thing. So it makes it look like they're copying us. And so it just all sort of snowballs into a staleness. Does, is that, does any of that make sense? Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know what I, I just, yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't, there's not that many interesting places I'm going to cycling YouTube at the moment. I, I probably, I would say, I'm at a, almost an all-time low of watching cycling YouTube now. I it right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. briefly then because I I've spent too much time trying to find some stuff on this trip over. So I'm gonna give a couple of quick shouts. The man is back, Jesse. The man that we discovered down in uh, down when we were doing the Snowy Classic on our on our last deep dive, uh, riding without mercy. Now. The man himself, a UK, oh, UK yes. guy who had what can only be described as an absolutely horrific crash not that long ago. Uh, he's back riding, doing his vlogs. Unique character. Exactly. That's, what, that's what's great about cycling YouTube. You just get unique guys like that putting up all his stuff. So he's, he's there. He's in the gym. He's doing chin-ups. I'll show some B-roll of that. We did a big – so bike – the channel's not riding. It's bike racing without mercy. We did a bit. We did a big oh, deep dive on him because it was a. Fa- he's an interesting story because he's a. He, he's. I think he's an accountant or works in finance and then is just a hobbyist cyclist. But 
makes vlogs and had a bad crash in one of these fondos and and I think showed more commitment to cycling than anyone I've seen because he was back a couple months later in a in a neck brace a, or a back brace doing his back doing a tour on a, and I was thinking you're just a vlogger mate just relax but he's but he's so but he's yeah he's back in the back doing the coals in Europe um and like we were watching so many of his videos because it was at least it's someone different. Um, can I can I just quickly say with him like so he's he's a really good example of someone who like don't follow anything he does like he, he's he's showing what he does his training it's not don't do that use him as inspiration to go do your riding and I think that's the best part of it like you watch someone like him and you'll be like shit I'm going out for a bike ride because that guy's doing his thing but yeah. That's it's it's kind of it's really weird when someone shares their training stuff or their journey back or and it like he's not a coach, trust me, but he's sharing his stuff like he know he has the knowledge and he's imparting the knowledge on you. Like it's a really tough. You, I'm not going to criticize him because he's doing an amazing like good on him, but just yeah, just don't. It's all I'm saying is don't follow exactly what he's doing, please. Inspiration. Yeah. Because it's like he was, I'm working, I got a 10 hour work day and a stressful meeting and he's on his trainer at lunchtime, squeezing a ride in. And it's like the actual session he's doing, it doesn't really matter. The fact that he's on there doing it was the most impressive part. And yeah, I thought, yeah, he was, um, I haven't, I haven't checked his channel out for a while. I got to go back in there. But yeah, that was. Oh no, uh, I've been back. He's, he's, he's back, okay. mate. He's, he just did, uh, okay. he did Oort Route or one of them. So he's, he's full time. Oh, okay. He's full time back. Um, the other quick guy I want to give a shout out to is someone I'm sure you have not seen, a guy called Lewis Scott. Uh, he's down, I think, in GC's part of the world in, in Florida. He's got a couple of steel frame bikes. Uh, he's got, he does some pace lines down there. And he's he's trying to review bikes. And he's, his reviews are, I think, absolutely superb for someone in his exact circumstance. Like he's riding sort of he's probably, I don't want to, so speak out of turn here, but he's probably over 50. Um, but he's still doing a couple of little pace lines every now and again. And he's giving real honest feedback on how a bike performs in a bunch, just pure ride review stuff. And he's got enough bikes that he can kind of get a, get across a couple of different things. Big fan of him. Shows a bit of in, in race footage or in ride footage. So yeah, keep, keep, keep going, Lewis. GC, get him on, get him on a setup. So that was G- so GC Performance also um, got out got on the Van Rizzle, and actually did a ride review on it, uploaded the other day, and he said so many times throughout the video, oh like I'm not a cat one, doesn't really matter what I say, you know, I kept saying it over. I'm like, dude, most people watching your video don't even race or would be like cat eight, like you being a hundred kilos. Riding that bike is more relevant than me giving a bike review. I just he, he really needs to if he really needs to get over the oh I'm not like a skinny climber so my thoughts don't matter. If anything, that's a bet. It's a more valuable opinion having someone heavier how the bike rides because that's how they're meant to. That's the most people are going to be riding them as. So I totally agree with you. That's that's a really good point, and I I think I almost mentioned it in the the beginning when we were talking about the YouTube stale thing is because. Everyone on YouTube gets so defensive about everything. Like 
you're being defensive that you're not a good enough cyclist or you're being defensive about how you got the bike to the, to the point with like Cam Nichols where he's so defensive about everything. Like he's trying to be so transparent, but he's frigging releasing his frigging tax returns on YouTube. It's like, holy crap, mate. Like seriously, people just need to get over this stuff and accept. I don't know. I, I just find found that kind of mind blowing that. Oh, I didn't see this. How much money I make as a YouTuber. Yeah. Yeah. It was just mind blowing. And he's like, oh, here's my tax returns from a few years ago. I'm like, and I totally understand why he's doing it to, to gauge more authenticity from his audience. But I just feel like that's, do we, yeah. I mean, uh, maybe that's, oh, obviously we'll talk to Cam about it at some point, but like. Oh, he's on zero showing his operating expenses. I got to watch this one. This is. How did, how did this one slip? See, th then, okay, this is probably a good example. It didn't get put to my... I have not seen this, so it didn't get put to my homepage. Oh, just quick question without notice. Um, do you, what, what do you watch outside of cycling YouTube on YouTube? Yeah, I watch... Um, so one of the ones I like to watch is um, uh, travel... Um, what's that guy? The bald guy that does the, he goes across like Russia and does the bald and bankrupt 45 minute sort of travel vlog things. And there's other guys I've been watching recently. Uh, Peter Santanello goes across the U S and shows different parts of the U S. Um, so all that sort of travel, take me to a different place of the world ones. Um, and then cycling YouTube and then a lot of, uh, fragrance, like men's perfume, fragrance youtube reviews and stuff like that it's probably the other main one i'm in a bit of a we don't own one we're not looking to buy one but i'm in a bit of a an electric car buzz sort of thing so i'm watching oh, i'm watching this st stupid stuff like there's one channel called out of spec motoring where they literally do like road trips across the u.s or like from california to la and like they document you know how to how to optimize the charging from this station to that station and then like it's it's kind of it's like a ride vlog, but it's like a drive vlog in an electric car. Right. It's pretty. It's kind of pretty sad. Sorry, I probably shouldn't admit that. Uh, plane stuff. Mine? So but, bit of. Uh yeah. Bit of a plane. I'm a Chewy? bit of a plane um, nerd. So um, Sam Choi, I watch a bit of his stuff. Like yeah, <laughs> the seven eight sevens, all that kind of stuff. And lastly, uh, this is actually right. the reason Business I got class review. Uh, yeah. I wanted to quickly bring this up is um, I had half a dozen people. I'm just going to, I'm actually going to quickly, while I've got you. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. So half a dozen people sent me Mark Lewis's channel. Okay. You know, do you know who Mark yep. Lewis is? Yeah. All saying, mm -hmm. Chris, you should watch this. And I was like, I, I kind of knew who he was a little bit. But I was interested that people thought that I should watch that, that it was like going to be in my wheelhouse. I don't know whether it's they think I should get on TRT or what it is, but like I <laughs> kind of found that interesting. Do, could you, do you have a take on why they think Chris would like that? I, why, I, I actually have no idea. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they feel like you're an unmot unmotivated middle-aged man who needs some... <laughs> Fitness inspiration. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. it, it why would you watch that? You're, that's the last channel I'd recommend you watch. 
Well, that's kind of, uh, yeah, but I've never had people really recommend that I watch something outside of YouTube as much as that. So there you go. I, maybe someone can do a psychoanalysis of, of me on that one, but yeah. That's Still a, got you know, we were talking about cycling YouTube um, dying, dying a bit, and that's a problem. So my YouTube algorithm changes a bit. Like I used to get a lot of tech stuff um, like Marquez and all the Apple releases and what new phone and all, all the stuff like that. I don't get any of that anymore. It's just been it's completely wiped. So, and that's the problem with, if, if cycling YouTube gets a bit stale, YouTube is ruthless. It'll just go, nah, you blokes are all boring and you just disappear. And the views across that's, that's and the views for that across the board just all drop because now I don't get, so I used to get, if with tech as an example, you know, I used to get a lot. So then you get your main ones, you know, you get Marquez and that who's the boss guy, but then you also get the smaller ones start to come in because it knows you're in there. But once you're out, it's like the, the tide sinks and everyone's gone. So this, with cycling YouTube, yeah, it could be, it could be the same. And right now it's Lantern Rouge just <laughs> holding us all up just yeah. with his, where's, where's the revenue recaps. sharing? Lantern? Otherwise we're all screwed. It should be, <laughs> It should be a revenue sharing program. We'll 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 try and bring that in. Um, all right, I reckon that, I reckon that's probably yeah. We should YouTube. every cycling I, content creator should chip in for him, keep him going. Yep. <laughs> He's holding us all up. Yeah. All right, I reckon that's enough YouTube for now. Can I can I get can I get take us on to a far more controversial subject? We're talking about aerosocks. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. yes, ladies and gentlemen. I hate so, aerosocks. <laughs> uh. Hold hold your hold your uh, hold your fire for a second. So. Uh, over the weekend, I did a, a race with with you, Jesse, and uh, again, was I've, this isn't the second time I've ever worn them. First time was at Grafton. My aero socks after ten laps, no, sorry, ten minutes, fell down. I've got some hilarious photos of me riding around with essentially ankle socks um, attached to my shoes, and I posted on Instagram on the ride back, like, what the fuck? What is the story with these things? How do you keep them up? And my God, Jesse, the response has been, mm-hmm. I've never received a response like this to anything I've posted on Instagram. So every, the best part, right, everyone from World Tour Pros, current Australian champion, shout, shout Luke, who can wear a, an aerosock, mind you, to not, 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 not even someone who doesn't race, just someone who's like a part-time three-hour three hour weeker has an opinion and a way of keeping their aero socks up. I didn't realize these were as decisive, sorry, as, yeah, um, decisive. Is that the right word? Probably not. I'll put the right word in afterwards um, as, as these things. So firstly, overwhelming response in regards to hairspray initially. Okay, so hairspray is how you keep mm-hmm. the aero socks up, any kind of hairspray, et cetera, et cetera. I then posted a picture of the said hairspray and said, most people have suggested this. Thank you very much. Whoa back. No, I just, I just uh, kicked the bear or prodded the bear. Everyone then came back saying, no, that is not acceptable. That's not enough. So I then had all the people coming back with their um, myriad of physio adhesives. Uh, I had people... <laughs> with uh, sealant adhesives that you go to hardware stores for and um, all this kind of stuff. And, okay, putting, 
which is thank you. Uh, it, ultimately, the physio stuff does seem to be very good. I'm told that that's probably where I will go. But it's kind of mind blowing, right? That not only are we so weird as a collective community that we have to wear plastic lycra around and ride around in it, that we're friggin' spraying hairspray on our legs to keep our socks up. And it's just, uh, oh, yeah, that's what you do. I share your annoyance, Chris. And this is what annoys me, right? Here's a sock. We got socks. No one tell. Live. Tour. No pins. Aero sock. Probably, I, th- I think it was about 45 bucks. My size, I sized it properly, does not stay up. I don't know how big that... And I've, I have some calf. There is some muscle in my gastrocnemius. Doesn't stay up. Absolutely dreaming. Slop. This sock. AliExpress. $4. Stays up. No problem. You're making a sock. How hard would it be to take this seam and just bring it in a centimeter? That's it. Then it'd stay up. I don't understand these kit manufacturers that make socks that you then have to use sock glue to keep up. It's not that. It's not rocket science. China can do it for $4. No pins. So, Rule 28. you bring up a really interesting point, okay? And I've had, I had people come back to me, right, saying that they've tested, uh, they've gone out for rides with one brand sock, the other brand sock. Uh, it, there's been a lot of consistency around what you said with the AliExpress stuff, that that does stay up. But here's the mind-blowing part, right? consistently people came back and said to me that it's actually on people with less of a calf. So if you have a skinny calf, so not a, not a, not a big, yeah, not a skinny calf, basically, you're more likely yep. to have the sock stay up rather than the big calf. Now, there are obvious exceptions, Chris Ling, insert picture here, of, of, of guys with thighs as calves. I don't know what he's using down there to keep it up there, but... He just going to go to really the Chris Ling album and people will say, yeah. <laughs> it's a really common thing that people will say it's skinnier calf, more likely to have successful aero sock holdage. Like literally everyone in the UK rides them. Like have you watched any of the UK crit series stuff? Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. I hate I that's gross. I I mean I've I I I own them. So I sometimes wear them, and you can be you can be in a skin suit. You can have aero gloves, aero helmet. You can have laced up aero shoes. Don't care. Just something about aero socks. I still to this day can't. They just give me the ick. I just don't like the look of them. I'm sorry. So I will very rarely run them because they're just gross. Yeah, you'd be the you'd be the odd one out. I swear, like at a UK crit series, you would be completely the odd one out. I did want to quickly mention some of that that stuff. Like I I have been watching a bit, and Jesse, you help me out just quickly with the the guy's name with who runs the three sixty camera. Oh, uh, Alec Briggs. Yeah, Alec Briggs. Give I'll give him a Is shout out. He's he's churning out. I some... think he I th- so he does. He's big on um, he's big on Instagram. But I saw he's been uploading to YouTube. Like the the content he's putting up is horrendously scary. Like I'm sorry, 
some of those some of those yeah. crits like i don't know if you're doing if you're doing crits in the us and you think that's kind of wild which it is in a sense but in a totally different way like those those courses that they're doing seem to be in like medieval town centers it's permanently raining like or if it's not raining at least the cobbles are all absolutely drenched in in water and there's like 70 80 guys yeah, it, it it's a different it's a t- it's a different sport. It's it, yeah, it's um not for me. <laughs> I mean, it's fun to watch, great to watch, but yeah, I would not want to be doing any of those. Do you ever so- that brings up another thing of you know sometimes you just feel like other people are doing a different sport. Can we talk about the the Michael Freeberg Sun Tour descent? I'm sure you remember that, Chris. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It might be too soon. Oh, okay. Still too fresh. I'm still. Because I, I was stewing this one over for for the last couple of weeks. Because especially when we did the doping chat and and people were sort of, oh, you, oh, these poor riders get accused of doping. Like, you can't say that. It'll hurt their feelings. And I, 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 people, I think it's because pro cyclists look quite sort of nice and friendly and Pogachar loves to have a joke around and stuff. But people don't. It's totally not linked to what how nuts pro cyclists actually are. Like I would say, out of any the race, any sport, the racing pro you mean cycling the, when is you're physically in the, the race. racing. Yep, yep. When you're physically in the race, because it's it, it, pro cycling, I would say is the most dangerous sport, bar none. Confirmed. And the most yeah, good pro cyclists are adrenaline junkies, and you it's it's all well and good. You see. Pogachar win Tour of Flanders and he's just, oh, well, he's just really fit and it, and it looks easy. But I'm like, you know, he's bombing down on the descent, handlebar to handlebar, tucked in like a pack of sardines. That, that's an adrenaline rush. That takes someone that's unhinged. Like people, like, the fa- think about the fastest guy on your club ride or bunch ride descending and a pro cyclist would drop them in two corners. Like they are absolutely nuts. But you, you, it's so hard to realize, unless you've raced against pros, it's so hard to even understand uh, how nuts they are. And I think some people can just get through at the World Tour if they're really talented without that. Like, I don't think someone like Adam Yates is, you know, because he's always at the back and he, he just he just manages to move up at the right time, but he's often getting um, stuck behind groups and things like that. So he's probably someone who's physiologically so talented he gets away with it, but most of the guys are... Um, uh, yeah, nuts. And just this Freeberg, and we had a taste of this in in the Sun Tour, where uh, the stage started out going up this about 15, 20-minute climb and then descended down the other side. And w- both of us had got tailed off towards the top of the climb. So we're like, okay, we've got to keep the pace up, come back through the convoy on this descent. And we're about three corners into this descent and you just hear this disc brake squealing. You're going, oh, that's a bit weird. And then into about the third corner... I. I could take you there right now. I remember this corner. This huge guy comes down and then just last second, he's just slamming on his slamming on his brakes to wash up a bit of speed and just no shadow of a doubt, at least twice the speed we were going, woof, right-hander takes off. And the next, the next 20 seconds, we're just in slow motion. And you just see this guy. And all I'm thinking is, I don't know if he's going to... He's not going to make it down this descent. And he is just through the convoy. 
And I, we only see him for about the next three corners because then he's he's gone. And we're, we're pretty, you know, we're not totally total hubbards. You know, we can do a decent descent. But you just, I looked at that and you're like, this this guy's doing a different sport, honestly. Uh, we just, I don't think we even said anything at the moment. We just looked at each other and we're just like, so, just silence of these guys are not like we are. I don't know what this is, but when <laughs> that's a different sport at that stage. Well, and he made it back on onto that, the like front even... group and was in there. And we're chasing on for the next two hours, <laughs> wasting all our energy. I just remember asking him after it. Uh, and he was like, what are you talking about? Like, uh, we, you know, you and I were literally jaws on, on the ground. And I went, well, I kind of went up to him and says, Jesus, like something made a comment about, you know, you let it all hang out on that descent or something. And he was just like, what? Like it was, didn't even register in his brain that he'd done anything like remotely dangerous. And here you and I were, were literally sort of talking about it. I don't know how many years later. Like I, I still, I, I, yeah, I won't get too much into it, but yeah, it's, I totally hear what you said. And it's, it is that, like that cutthroatness, just that, there's so much disconnect between the reality of being in that race or being in those those bunches to what you see on TV. But anyway, people people get that. And know, yeah, with the UK crits, I, I I just have so much appreciation for that because I know if I was on the start line of those crits, I'd be in there for three laps and I'd be pulled out. But you can, if you're watching it, you're like, oh, you know, maybe I could be up there and. Oh, how many watts are they doing? I wonder if I could do that normalize for that time. And it's like, no, 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 no. You guys would be shut out the ass as soon as the gun drops. So, yes, we have to just try and uh, appreciate the spectacles for what they are. Yeah. Interesting you said the word skeptical. I'm going to get some shit for this comment, but I'm going to say it anyway. Total appreciation, but Jesus, it looks ugly. It's just an ugly sport in the UK. I'm sorry, guys. You're all there with your your aero socks. You're all optimized. It's dr- dark. It's dreary. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It just it just doesn't have the sex appeal, or sorry, the gender appeal uh, of of some of the I don't know some of the US crits and stuff. It just just doesn't transfer quite as well. I think to uh, to I don't know a marketing or something like that. But yeah. Cool. Oh, and, and yeah, why did that happen? Yeah. It's so it's so weird. You see a race from a, a photo, a still photo from a UK crit or a UK road race, and you can tell you don't even know where it is, and it, oh, they're in the UK. And how? Why? How did that carry across? So you, if you see a similar thing from an Australian race, it's a slop. I mean, it, it, I think it looks cooler, but it's slop in terms of the speed. Everyone's why is everyone so marginal? Everyone looks like they're on Team Sky in the UK. Yeah. I don't know. How did that end up yeah. like that? I don't know. Hmm. Maybe it's a time trial scene. I don't know. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Take. Like a 50, yeah. It's just a pack pack full of Dan Biggums. It's just everyone's, everyone's optimized. It's, really, it's quite strange. How did that carry through so quick? Uh. Like even, even like the narrow bars stuff, it's just got, and everyone's completely all in here. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. there's, it just, it just lacks no, I won't say that. Yeah, yeah. I think you know where I'm going with it. <laughs> um, actually, and then the, the the guys that look the least, the guys that look the least pro in the fields are the pros, because all the privateers 
are all the optimized ones. And then there'll be like some Ineos dude or with some bar the team's given him. He doesn't really give a shit and he's, and he's out here and everyone else is just like, whoof. And this, yeah. <laughs> the, the pros look the most, the slowest. The bike's okay from the trip over, but the, I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember that, have this thing like where you open the, the bike box or the bike bag up after like a long trip and the bike almost feels like it's this sense of abuse that comes off the bike. Like you, the bike's there going, oh, how dare you have left me with those people for the last 20 hours. And you do, you zip it back and you're like, oh, with this particular circumstance, like the bars had been. So I'm on using the Cycon one where you clamp the front forks and the rear triangle into the, to the quick releases. And so it's locked in, but it locks the bars in. And so somehow, whichever way they'd cracked it, it had like twisted the headset. And so it was kind of out of shape to one side, which means it's obviously copped a lot of force on one side. And you just, you, so you set it back, but you're immediately thinking, oh shit, I wonder like what caused that, whether there's like an internal crack now in there. Um, and then like, you piece all the other bits together. But ultimately, I sent you this message the, the day before I left. I'm just like, I would go to such an extreme to not have to do this and still have my bike at the other end. Like, I just hate it so much. Felice, Felice, help! Yeah. <laughs> you need your local shop nearby. Yeah, you just like, you don't even, know what to do. Like oh, my handlebars are off. Look over it at the help. other end. <laughs> it's not even having the shop at the other end. It's just the fact that your bike, your bike is never the same after the trip. It's it's once it's been abused by the said abusers, it's it lives with it. Like it's it's got that shame for the rest of its life, and I I can feel it. Like it doesn't like me as much. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I just the packing. I think. Uh, yeah. Ugh, this, yeah. And I, I I mean, there's people that fly all the time, like dom- even domestically. I'm heading to. I'm away for five days for work. I'm gonna take my bike. I just that thing would be in and out and in and out of that, and it would just be. Yeah. Uh, Hate it, hate it, totally agree. Hate it. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be even more inclined just to if you could just rent a bike. Yeah, this this is probably the first time that I've travelled with it and gone. Yeah, I don't think this is worth it. Like I've ridden enough bikes in the last sort of couple of years to be like, ah, if I get it kind of close, I'm happy. Whatever. It's it's just a, it's just hard because you're you had to take your road bike so you could race. If you had a a spare bike or you were just taking a gravel bike, you wouldn't care. It's just that when you're so particular about your road setup it makes it yeah it's a little bit more annoying yeah Mm. and i do think back to because i did that last year i came over here and borrowed a bike from uh mike at the bike shop here and i'd actually do want to go right because that's the super six 2016 super six evo which i'd love to get out and ride on and do a comparison video oh 2016 2016 rim brake bike versus modern day road bike no um but like having done that and then I was riding around here last year and I'm like, ah, I wish I had my bike. Oh, I wish I wish I had it. So yeah, I'm I'm recency biased here, no two ways about it. So reading between the lines here, yeah, I, I am in the US. Thanks again so much for all those people who passed on information about the races. I'm chasing most of those up. Uh and I'm hoping to get out and do some rides in 
Fresno with um, the local club here pretty recently as well. So get in touch with me if you want any of those bits of information. JC, thank you for uh, for jumping up this morning. No worries. And we will see you next week. Yeah.